0: This podcast is sponsored by OneSpan. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of What the Fintech, the podcast from the team behind Fintech Futures and the Banking Technology Magazine. My name is Paul Hindle, editor at Fintech Futures, and our guest for this episode is Aaron Davis, director of product marketing at OneSpan. Aaron, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Paul. It's great to be here today.
0: Excellent. Well, it's great to have you here. And with Aaron on the show this week, the main topic of discussion will be around digital transformation in the wealth management space. We'll chat more about the industry dynamics and prevalent digital trends, including the adoption of hybrid models to meet shifting customer preferences a little later in the show, as well as hear a little bit more about the work that OneSpan is doing in this field. But first, as always, is our news and numbers segment. This is where our guest has gone out and found a news story featuring an interesting number to discuss and get us started. So, Aaron, what have you brought along for us today?
1: Yeah, I, I was uh, looking at the article on fintech futures around Finnovate spring 2022, and I thought there were some really interesting data points in there talking about a survey that said, particularly caught my eye, it said 30% of consumers said they enrolled in digital financial services over the pandemic for the first time. And I thought one in three, that's a thats a large number. And it really kind of shows you what we're seeing in the market today. Just the adoption of digital services, specifically in wealth management uh, Really starting to spread and starting to be adopted across all kind of demographics.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. So, this was um, yeah, IT, IT Neverica's uh, Jim Mortensen, um, yeah. who kicked off um, Finnovate Spring this year. We were there, we had a, a team on the ground at the conference in San Francisco, really some interesting insights all around. This, uh, as I mentioned, was one of the first chats. I mean, you mentioned, you could say, that 30% number enrolling in financial services. Follows that up as well with 87% of, of which said they plan to increase their online usage as well. So it certainly looks like it's picking up. You mentioned there in kind of like wealth management, kind of looking in a, at that angle. Do we feel like that that is certainly the case in, in wealth management now? And it seems like a lot of people are shifting onto that digital side of things, onto maybe kind of um, investment services or things like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's starting. I mean, wealth management is a relationship-based business and, you know, a lot of the digital... Solutions. When you think of digital and wealth management, you think, okay, well, you know, I'm going to get some paperwork. I'm going to e-sign that. I might be able to transact electronically. I think what we're seeing now is a little bit of an evolution of that and a little bit of an expansion of those capabilities to to provide more value to financial services clients, specifically in wealth management. So you think of things like virtual meetings with your advisor that became very popular during the pandemic. Those are starting to really stick. And then within the context of that, we're thinking a lot about. How do we bring more value to that conversation? Maybe it's a transaction. Maybe it's something that's integrated in terms of their financial well-being into that experience. So I think the space is changing really rapidly. But at the end of the day, it's really still all about, I think, the human experience and your relationship with your financial advisor.
0: And I mean, in that talk as well, Jim went on to kind of discuss that the increase in the amount of consumers coming online was obviously leading to a bit more um, kind of like online scams and, and things like that specifically looking into focusing on key areas that companies were looking at in terms of, um, identity verification, application controls, authentication. This is something that uh, I know one span kind of like works, works with as well, but is, is this something you're noticing as well, that companies are kind of like looking to get involved on the more identity verification side of things?
1: Yeah, certainly they are. Um, as a lot of these workflows become a, more automated, more digitized across a lot of organizations specifically in B2C, right? So when you're dealing with customers on the outside of the so-called firewall, you need advanced and enhanced authentication. You need things like uh, strong identity verification. You need like more of a higher assurance solution. And fraud is rising. The fraudsters have their enterprise as well, and they're investing (laughs) just as heavily as the wealth industry is in terms of digital. So we always have to kind of think along the lines of, well, our adversaries are making investments too, and they're getting smarter as well. So we have to make sure that we protect uh, customers at all of these different touch points that are rolling out.
0: We are in part two of the podcast this is our more interview style section where we focus the discussion into a specific industry topic or sector we're going to dive into the main topics in just a moment but as always to start with Aaron maybe you can tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you've been up to at OneSpan.
1: Sure uh, so um, Aaron Davis I'm a lead uh, product marketing for OneSpan so a lot of my um, responsibility lies in go to market for our digital agreement solutions and really what we're looking at is um, how are digital agreements evolving? You know, what are some of the the touch points that uh, customers are looking for in terms of speed, in terms of convenience, personalization, efficiency? And then the other kind of part of that equation, too, is bringing the security elements and making it more native into everything that we do. So it's always been this kind of trade off between security and user experience. And really what at one span, what we're trying to do is Look at that holistically and say, okay, how can we make this a better experience, but not have to make any sacrifices on the security side? Because as we're bringing everything online, and digitizing a lot of these different business processes, we see that security can be a a friction point, and we're, we're looking to eliminate that.
0: Excellent. So we're, we're going to be focusing the main discussion today then on, on the wealth management space we touched on um, previously. Um, so to start with then, how has the acceleration of, of digital transformation impacted the wealth management space in recent years? And what trends are we seeing in terms of the, the industry dynamics?
1: Well, I think the one thing that we're seeing across the board is our uh, changing customer expectations in terms of um, how they deal with their wealth managers uh, and their wealth management uh, companies. Digital is, it's becoming a natural part of their day-to-day lives, whether they're shopping, whether they're at work and they want the kind of the same experience, that seamless experience uh, when they deal with their wealth advisor. So the customer is really in control here. The other, the big piece here is, you know, a lot of uh, wealth organizations are looking to offer more of a personalized service at scale to their customers. So if you think of traditionally wealth management has been a very white glove, very bespoke, very personalized, relationship-based service. And I think that will continue. I think a lot of organizations uh, now are are, are saying, okay, how can we package this kind of differentiator up and offer it at scale to more of our, uh, maybe more of our mass affluent client base? So we're seeing digital play a big, big part in that and driving more of an omni-channel capability within uh w- within the wealth management industry and i think it's exciting you know it's offering a lot of organizations an opportunity to compete to modernize to digitize it's also offering customers a, a much better experience and giving them choice to some of the different ways they can transact with their wealth management uh, firm
0: excellent and, and diving into the the kind of like technology then what tech trends have you seen kind of emerging there and how are firms looking to compete and evolve
1: well, I think, yeah, that's a great question. I think some of the trends we you know we've been seeing have kind of a long tail, right? So you you think of digital agreements, you think of e-signature, you think of completing the whole gamut of touch points involved in completing digital transactions. One of the things that we're really starting to see now, and this is really kicked off as a result of the pandemic, is um, you know, you can't wealth management again is a very personal industry. It's a very relationship based industry there's really the need for a human element there. And if everything's automated and you're dealing with chatbots and you're dealing with different automated interfaces, it's really not the the desired experience. You know, People want to talk to other people. People want to talk to their advisor. The advisor-client relationship is still as strong as it's ever been. So I think that one of the biggest technology trends is how do we bring that human element into the the digital workflow? And that's something that we're we're kind of exploring and, and we're laser focused on really at OneSpan is how do we elevate the, the advisor client uh, relationship through digital, whether it's in a meeting, whether it's in a transaction, whatever the touch point is across that relationship, we're looking at ways to to digitize that but with a human element in mind so i think that's a that's a big one and you know firms are going to look and to compete on service in the future as well you know just going forward this is a service heavily based service um, component here so i think that um, firms are looking for that element in those digital transactions Excellent. And and how,
0: I guess, is is the technology um, helping wealth firms kind of scale and and reach more customers as well? Are there any advancement there in terms of onboarding or boosting conversion rates?
1: Yeah, conversion rates for sure. Um, It's really making them more efficient at the end of the day. So there's there's really two sides. There's the uh, allowing them to scale, allowing them to penetrate new markets, uh, to grow their business, to onboard uh, new customers more efficiently. So to accelerate their business from a momentum standpoint and from a new business standpoint, but trying to, to eliminate costs across the board. So the cost of servicing customers, how can we bring costs out? How can we make it more efficient? And I think the third element really is, and the most important is how to make it a great experience for the advisor too. I think that's something that we that we often kind of forget in terms of these technology conversations, but. The advisors; these are tools that they have to work with as well in their day to day. How do we make it seamless for an advisor to provide a better level of service to their customer or their client? I think that's a big factor as well.
0: Excellent. And you touched on the customer perspective um, a little bit previously as well in terms of that hybrid approach um, and that human element that they're after. So, how has the customer's attitude and expectations changed then when it comes to to wealth management services?
1: Yeah, I think we we kind of live in this on demand, twenty four seven, fully digital. World now, and um, customers are are looking to engage with their wealth advisor in in different ways, and 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 in ways that are that are more convenient and immediate for them. And I think one thing that happened during the pandemic was it, it became a little bit more intimate, right? Because you've got people sitting in their living rooms, and literally advisors coming into your home, and and I think there was a a little bit more of a comfort level with that now, with kind of that intimacy, and you know, not having to to leave your house and go to your financial advisor's office to discuss your investment portfolio. So I think just bringing that into people's homes where they're more comfortable having those conversations was had a big impact. And I think clients are seeing that more and more. They're saying, you know, okay, well, we can do this. What else can we kind of digitize in terms of our relationship? Things like transactions, things like trades, we're seeing some interest in bringing that all together holistically into a digital platform. So a client can have that At their fingertips really and that's really what they want at the end of the day they want to have everything at their fingertips and i think we're moving in that direction but in a way that's obviously manageable for advisors and to to give that level of service excellent and given the
0: desire then for that human element that you've you've mentioned previously in remote channels how have companies looked to implement that hybrid approach into their offerings
1: yeah so it's um a lot of companies are looking to to start incrementally introducing things like um virtual agreements things like virtual signing rooms they're looking at ways to engage and and really it's all about engagement right engage with their clients at a higher value to provide higher value and to bring more value into those conversations whether it's bringing up a document discussing an investment strategy they're looking at ways to elevate those conversations and digital is really just an enabler at the end of the day it's helping them do more and and reach more people and have more rich conversations in terms of their investment portfolio. And I think that's a good thing. So we see it's really a human first story, I think. It's still a relationship. It's still predicated on sound advice and a good strategy. I think digital is really kind of the underpinning that's really supercharging that relationship and saying, okay, well, we can bring more to this these conversations. We can have a higher level of security, for example, because everything is, you know, everything digital is tracked at, at a higher level. So it's really an enabler. It's really helping those um, bring more value to those conversations.
0: Excellent. And what would you say then are some of the key friction points in wealth management services at the moment and, and how are firms looking to, to overcome those through a hybrid approach?
1: Yeah, so a lot of the friction comes from a lot of the legacy, legacy technologies out there. And trying to integrate those with some of the new technologies, so that's one piece. We're still asking people. People are, and, and I have to preface this by saying people are, are are comfortable with different levels of technology. So you know we have to be cognizant of of that. But I think one of the biggest points of friction is really in the onboarding process, where you've got multiple approaches to identity verification, authentication. You're asking customers obscure questions. Our clients have to kind of fill out these kind of archaic forms, and there's a lot of back and forth in terms of the paperwork. And that's really the enemy of the re- the relationship, right? You know, advisors will tell you that takes up an inordinate amount of time and not a great experience for customers. It involves a lot of friction. Customers um, and clients in, in wealth management specifically I expect things to be relatively frictionless. So I think ID verification, authentication, as we move more of these services online is going to be... One of the opportunities for them to reduce friction, but not only at the onboarding, not only at the outset during onboarding, but throughout the entire kind of digital transaction as well. Cause there might be other, other areas within a, a virtual session, for example, where you might actually want to transact during that session and you'll need a higher level of assurance for that.
0: Excellent. And security is obviously a, a big touch point when it comes to to any kind of like tech change. So how can firms make sure that they're maintaining these high levels of security then with hybrid models whilst, whilst also balancing with that customer experience?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, security is kind of the, the hot topic right now in financial services. You know, any kind of breach, you hear about these data breaches in different organizations, those data breaches are not just um, impacting that organization. It's got a kind of a blast radius around it, right? So those are identities that are used to, to create other synthetic identities and then used in, in nefarious ways. So I think there's always going to be that environment that we have to protect against. That said, there's new capabilities in terms of ID verification. There's using biometrics. There's um, using more convenient authentication methods. I think that we're, we're starting to get really smart about that because, you know, as, you know it's kind of an old security saying that you can have convenience or you can have security you can't really have both well we're trying to kind of push the envelope there because we know that when security is kind of a a roadblock and people are going to people are always going to try the easiest way right so people want convenience and they're going to sacrifice security end of the day from a customer perspective that we really have to make sure that that's as seamless as possible and we have to do it in a way that's very thoughtful so that seems very natural for for the client and um doesn't impact, you know, the way they transact with with their wealth management firms. So we're seeing a lot of different technologies come into play in the next few years. I think biometrics is going to be a big one. Uh, I think that's going to be have a huge impact. You're going to see, you know, citizen ID, things like your government ID card, or your bank's uh, authentication token, uh, your wealth manager's authentication token, be used for those kind of transactions. So it's gonna be a more integrated model, I think. And it's obviously needed because as we move all these different things and these wealth management conversations and transactions, increasingly online, just think of the attack surface, right? It just, it just, it's getting so big and we're just, we're making it bigger for the adversaries. And that's something that we have to think about every day. It's, it's obviously quite
0: a big, a big uh, change as well. So where would be the, the best place to start then if, you, if you're looking to adopt these changes?
1: Well, start at the client, right? So it's all, you know, we always have to think of the client. We always have to think of what's best for the client and what's going to have a positive impact on their experience with the firm. I think the big thing is really protecting uh, the integrity of the transaction and protecting their data and their information. That's That's number one. If you don't have that and you're, you know, you have a breach in your own organization, It's going to have a severe impact. I think the second piece of that is looking at from an identity verification authentication point of view, making sure you have those high assurance safeguards in place to be able to detect things like synthetic identity, to be able to verify a credential when presented. I think those are going to be a lot of organizations are saying, okay, we really have to make an investment there if we want to bring a lot of these workflows digitize a lot of the workflows. It's a must have, it's not a something that you have to, you know, that you can do after the fact, it has to be there on day one as, as customers transact. So I think at the front end, the IDV and the identity and authentication capabilities are important. I think when you look at more of the back office, you're looking at more of, okay, so we've integrated with these different systems, how does security play a part? In terms of that exchange of information across those different systems so you want to make sure that you know if your front-end system is talking to a you know, more of a back-end system or, or a transactional system those apis are secure and that uh, that data is protected as it kind of traverses all those different links
0: excellent and, and looking to the future then what do you think uh, the future looks like for the wealth management and hybrid models and how do you see the space evolving
1: I think the future looks bright. I think it's going to look very different than it does today. You know, I think the way that we're going to interact with our wealth managers is going to be, you're going to look for an increasingly novel kind of engagement in terms of digital. I think as we become more comfortable transacting digital, I I think there's going to be kind of new ways of transacting. So if you think of we're very rigid these days. We have, you know, our investments. We have our savings. We might have our, you know, spending. I think it's going to be a little bit more hybrid across the board. So you'll have, an, you might have accounts that are a little bit more hybrid in terms of saving and investing, or you know, investing and spending. And there's going to be different as it's all digitized. You're able to create a different model for that. I think there's going to be different business models that are created out of that that will be that that are going to be interesting. But I also think, you know, engagement is just rapidly going to become more digitized as wealth management is more democratized across a different generation of investors. You think of what's happened in the last few years in terms of investing, you've got different asset classes that are coming out like crypto, and you can invest from your mobile device very easily. I think that's going to, um, not every element of that, but I think you're going to see a lot of those elements in come into play in terms of wealth management so the ability to really quickly transact uh, to meet with your advisor in a digital manner have a conversation no matter where you are in the world uh, you don't have to come into a physical location and then the ability really to quickly transact and make changes on the fly in in this kind of dynamic environment i think that's going to be a i think that's exciting it's going to take a lot of uh, different technology to come together and, and certainly a security to protect it but I think at the end of the day, really, it's still all about the relationship. And I think those relationships are just going to, digital is going to make those relationships stronger.
0: Here we are in part three of the podcast. This is the fintech jail. This is where we ask for an industry term, buzzword, or trends that our guest has seen or heard enough of. We will then debate whether it deserves a place in the jail or if it's already there, whether it needs an extended sentence, or of course, I guess can argue to free one of the previously incarcerated terms. So Aaron, what buzzword or trendy topic do you wish to discuss
1: today? Yeah, I was debating whether to to roll <laughs> to do this one, but I think robo uh robo investing is, is going to be the one that I pick. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So what is it about about robo investing that you're you not a final friend? I think the pandemic has taught us that the human element is still incredibly important in terms of investing and not everything can be automated. I think we're starting to see that even a younger cohort of investors is really looking for advice and really values kind of the human touch and in human advice. So I think robo, I mean, everything has been robo this, robo that, you know, the robots are going to take over the wealth management industry. And I think that's a little bit out there in terms of what we're seeing today. And I think there's going to be a digital element, but it's not this complete movement of automating everything and digitizing everything. And you're going to have an algorithm at the end of the day interacting with you. There might be an element that's managed in an automated fashion, and there might be certainly algorithms and finance and, and investing. But this kind of notion of robotic investing and just the term, it's just there's (laughs) you're not speaking with one of Elon Musk's creations on the other end. Um, You're still going to be speaking to a financial advisor. So I think it's just something that's been overused and and I'd like to see kind of put to bed at some point. Sure. I mean, looking to the future, I mean, do
0: you think... At some point that ai might get to a point where it's it's smart enough to completely take over in, in a sense or do you think that people are always going to want that human connection
1: i mean i hope it doesn't take over or else we're all <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> we'll have to bow down to our kind of robot <laughs> overlords but uh, no i think ai I, I think it does have a role i mean it, it helps it, it can certainly automate a lot of different business processes so it can help you have more. It can bring data and, and different insights into conversations. I think it's very helpful f- from an onboarding perspective. So when you look at regulation in particular, it can help that kind of intelligence layer can help parse that out and make the onboarding process a little bit better for those kind of complex transactions. Uh, so I always I think AI is going to have a big role to play, but it's not going to be... You know, overarching, I don't think, in the future or in the near future, I would say. Um, over time, I think it's going to play an important part, but we have to watch. Obviously, we've got to balance that with the human element as well. Yeah. So it's like any technology. It's, it's just, it's an enabler. It's a way to kind of supercharge the experience, but not at the expense of your relationship and, and that human element. Yeah.
0: No, I'd I'd certainly be uh, in agreement with that. Um, I think maybe I'm quite old school, but I still like that that human touch with everything. I mean, even just going into um, branches and things like that, um, which I know isn't particularly popular these days. Um, But yeah, so I'm quite happy to sentence this one and and send it into the jail. Um, If a day comes along where actually, like we said, that the AI is taking over and the AI wants to try and fight for, for, to get it back out of the jail, <laughs> then then we can see what happens at that point. But uh, for, for Give now- Give me a heads up uh, on that so I can- <laughs> I, I I
1: can, I can hide. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. Well, that's all we have time for for this episode. Thanks to Aaron for joining me and of course to OneSpan for sponsoring this podcast. As for FinTech Futures, you can find us online at www.fintechfutures.com, on Twitter at FinTech Futures, and of course on LinkedIn. If you like this podcast and our other episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting service to get notified about future episodes. As always, thank you very much for your support, and we'll see you soon for another episode of What The Fintech. But until then, goodbye.